Welcome to Reactive. I'm Raquel Velez, and I am here with Henning Gladergotz. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Excellent. Very good. I am uh, yes. broadcasting from my walk-in closet. <laughs> <laughs> my kids are off school, and they're being uh, watched by my mother-in-law. And uh, I've closed three doors in between them and me, and you can still hear them, so... I put a, um, I nailed like a, a blanket over the, the door of the closet. So I think this will do. <laughs> I mean, it sounds great. Yeah. So. Well, this is actually a really good setup for acoustics, right? Because I'm, I'm surrounded yeah. by fabric, which is excellent. It's just, there's no air conditioning <laughs> vent in here. <laughs> well, it's, it's a good thing it's not hot in Florida. Yeah, it's wintertime. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have a glass of cold water, so I shall make it through the time here. <laughs> okay, excellent, excellent. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm coming in from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, um, and uh, you know that's always fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to people from Charlotte, um, and uh, you may have noticed uh, we have no no Khalil tonight, um, but that's okay. He's he's off doing, I'm sure, very important work. Uh, Absolutely. <clears throat> you know, uh, but he's he's he, well. Actually, what he's doing is he's doing some careful samurai training. Um, <laughs> he hasn't told anybody about his his uh, long lost desire to be a samurai. Um, so he's you know he he's 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 learning a few things. Right, it's kind of um, come in handy on his uh, secret missions. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, what more could you want from a co-host? Exactly. Except, you know, someone who knows how to wield a sword really well and um, can move stealthily through the night. Um, yeah. You know. But, exactly. uh, you know what else moves stealthily in the night? Oh, nice transition. <laughs> it's All our right. animal so, of the week. Animal of the week! <laughs> Which is? Go ahead. It's your the, animal. You the picked Florida it. Panther. The Florida Panther. Yes. I don't know why I thought of that, but um, I actually had one cross my path once. I was in a vehicle, so I wasn't in any danger. But I don't know. For some reason, that sort of flashed in my mind. And I'm like, hey, why don't we explain or uh, you know, list some interesting facts about that? So, Yeah. What did yeah. you find out? Um, well, uh, the, the first thing I learned is that, uh, the, the Florida Panthers are a hockey team. Yes, that's Florida. correct. <laughs> um, but entertaining fun fact, uh, the Charlotte Panthers are a football team oh. in North Carolina and that's American football for all of our non-American listeners. Mm. Um, it's dumb. <clears throat> I mean, it's great. It's a great, it's a great sport, uh, but it's not as cool as other footballs i think mostly because you don't actually use your foot in american football not a lot no not not really Mm -hmm. not very often anyway um but besides that um i have also learned that at birth florida panther kittens are born covered in dark spots 
The spots help camouflage the kittens under forest debris. The kittens are vulnerable to predators, especially right after birth when they are blind. As they develop, the spots fade away and they look more and more like adult panthers. The kittens stay with their mother for about a year and a half before they leave to form their own territories. Hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And they're actually a subspecies of the puma, which I think we talked about already. Mm. And males can go up to 160 pounds. That's 73 kilograms. That's pretty big. That is for a cat. pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I was glad I was, was in a car so yeah. <laughs> when I saw that. Um, yeah. And what do they eat? They eat like um, rabbits and things like that. That's, hmm. I guess, other mammals that are around florida yeah so i wonder this is a little gruesome but do they eat other cats probably if they'd find one it says here that they eat hares mice and uh waterfowl um hmm. storks white-tailed deer yeah there's quite a bit of deer around here wild boar mm-hmm. and alligators wow wow yeah the american oh, that makes sense there's Tons of those around here. Yeah, but yeah. now, like, I'm curious, right? Like, uh, a Florida panther versus a Florida alligator versus a Florida man. Which one wins? Ooh. Well, depends. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we should probably stop there. Yeah, uh- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness! Oh goodness gracious! Anyway, in other news, um. I got a new computer. Nice. Does it have one uh, of those? Uh, is it one of those with the, the what touch is it bar? Called? Yes. Ah. Yes, and? it has the touch bar. Um, so I think the touch bar was really created for people who can't be bothered to learn keyboard shortcuts and using the mouse is a huge pain in the butt. Hmm. Which I'm hoping there's a larger group of people that need that than not they're like i've used the touch bar for maybe three things maybe and that's only because they don't have easy keyboard shortcuts so like uh one thing it it has is a slider for the volume so you don't have to like like you can you can kind of go which is really cool um in the in the mail app like uh apple mail um there's a, a button on the touch bar for sending the email. You use email? What? I mean, sometimes. It happens like five times a year. But the few times that it does, I <laughs> um I hate I hate like so I love using my keyboard and I don't like using my mouse. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that uh there isn't a really easy keyboard shortcut for sending sending your email um meant that I had to like leave the keyboard and like you know, move what like eight centimeters to the right to like use my mouse, or like go down off the keyboard onto the trackpad right. to like you know hit the send button. And that was always a pain. But now there's a little button on the touch bar, so that's cool. Um, and Vim, I have no problem with the the escape button is fine. Okay, like, there is actually an escape button. Oh, there is. You can actually use it. It's totally fine. Yeah. Is it below the bar or beside it? Or no, it's it's it? it's in the bar. It's in the bar. But see, oh. here's the thing: the keyboard, the keyboard is is totally different. It feels like I'm typing on an iPad. It's that flat. Hmm. 
It's wow. super, super flat. There isn't a lot of travel. Um, so once you get used to that, touching the escape uh, button up on the touchpad it's or not touch a big bar, difference, yeah. it, it, there's no real discernible difference. You're just like, oh, okay, cool. Um, but if you wanted to, you can remap the the escape <clears throat> button to be either caps or control or. Uh, but are, are the keys commander. still actual separate, like little things, plastic things that go up and down, or is it totally just a surface? Um, no, no, they're 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 separate. But like, the travel is less than a, it's like it's like a millimeter. It's mm-hmm. so small. So like it, it it just it doesn't feel like much. It. You might as well be typing on a, on a on an iPad, hmm. but like, so yeah. it's. But you know what? I like it. At oh. first, I was like, "Oh, this is disgusting! I hate this!" <laughs> and then, like, after about five minutes, I was like, "Okay, I'm used it to works. this." And then I went to my other computer, and I was like, "Oh gosh, this is terrible!" <laughs> so okay. very, very different. Because I mean, you um, need you need unless you want to look at the keyboard all the time, you need to feel the you know the keys, mm-hmm. I guess, and and. That's still there in that case. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. So. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My biggest annoyance so far has been the dongles. And it's not even that annoying. It's just the fact that I have to have them. So I'm glad that I was on the ball enough to order them at the same time that I ordered my computer so that I have them at the same time. Um, But... Because yeah. you basically can't plug anything in anymore, right? It's right. the power and what? The, some USBs or are they gone too? No, it's 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 a hundred percent USB C. So the power is a USB C. All of your connectors are USB C. Like there are four USB C ports and uh, and a headphone jack, and that is it. Those are the four ports that oh, you wow. get. So they took away the so, card reader as well. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And the HDMI and everything, so you have to have uh, have to have dongles for everything. But <laughs> well, then, the you know, news... this is this is nice that y- you know mm-hmm. the the actual device becomes smaller, but now you have more crap to carry around, right? And so right, it but... kind of does. You they just moved it somewhere else. Is is what I feel like, you know? Yeah, but the good um, news is the good news is that USB C is a hardware standard across manufacturers. This is like the first time Apple has decided to do what everyone else is doing for once, uh-huh. for once. Um, and so what that means is you don't have to get the Mac the, or the Apple proprietary uh, dongle. You can just get the regular dongle that's been around for the last couple of years. Hmm, um, okay. And so like, like there are a bunch of phones now that use USB-C as their, as their input and output um, for like powering and whatever. And so, like, if you have a USB, uh, like, a, like an HDMI to USB-C adapter, you could plug that into the same phone. Like, you could put that, plug that into your phone or to this computer, and it would still work, right? Like, it would output to HDMI, both of them. So, that's kind of cool. Um, I think my favorite thing about the new MacBook Pro is the fingerprint reader. Um, the fact that I can... I can log on to my computer using just my fingerprint or open up my, um, my passwords. Like my, so I use one password for all my passwords. I can use my fingerprint reader for that. That is um, nice. Yeah. And, where is, where uh, is the reader for that? It's just above the delete button. 
So, okay. so where, so where the, the power, power button, button used to be. Okay. Yeah, there's no power button anymore. That's gone. Oh. Who needs a power button? Just open and close. It's fine. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Heading is not impressed. <laughs> no, because my... Excuse me, I, I got sick too. Um, oh, no. my, uh, my current MacBook Pro, which is like four years old now, mm-hmm. is starting to get a little finicky with its hibernation mode. Mm. And I have to force it to shut down by hitting the power button. So if that goes away, how do you do that? I don't when, know. Once it reaches a certain age. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. I'm sure there must be something. Like, here's the interesting thing. The, the fingerprint reader actually does have a real button. Like, it's an actual button. Unlike the rest of the touch bar where it's it's basically just an, like an iPad strip. Um, the... The fingerprint reader is an actual button, so you can click it. But I click it, and I don't know what it does. But if you click it three times, it opens up the accessibility. So that's kind of cool. Oh, okay. Nice. But, I mean, I don't... <laughs> I, don't I, I don't know how <laughs> to do That's what Alfred that. is Maybe for, you... right? No, just... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, except that if it's... Yeah, I don't know how to force shut it down. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. I will have to look that up. <laughs> The solution is to not keep a MacBook for too long. I don't know. <clears throat> this is the Maybe. first time I've had an issue like this, but uh, oh, it's sometimes just, I don't know what's, if it's software or hardware that the sensor is getting wonky mm-hmm. or something. But when I open it up, sometimes it doesn't wake up. So then I close yeah. it again, open it, then it comes back sometimes. And then if that doesn't work, I just have to force kill it and bring it back. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I've had to do there's, before. you know... Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure it looks really slick, though, or sleek. Oh, it looks super slick. It, it yeah. is. It is pretty cool looking. Yeah. Also, I have like the slate gray version, so it's like oh, a darker nice. color. It's it's, <laughs> it's awesome. pretty fancy looking. Cool. It's pretty fancy. But you have it stickerified yeah, so the, already. Um, I put one sticker on it. I put the okay. NPM sticker on it. Um, because they're the ones who bought it for me, so I'm. Nice. It's not really mine. Mine. It's. <laughs> The companies, but <clears throat> yeah, I get to take it around with me. Cool. Um, yeah, so nice. I, I definitely, definitely recommend it. Although it was a really entertaining exercise for me, spinning up a new computer. You know, because oh, yeah. you have like all of your your files and all of your applications and this and that. But I was actually pretty imp- impressed with myself. I was able to set up the entire thing. So like, I got it Thursday of last week, which was the last day that I was in the office before flying out to Charlotte and I got in the afternoon, right? Like I I came back from lunch and there it was waiting for me. And I was like, I do not want to bring two computers with me like across the country. That's ridiculous. So I spent probably about three, three hours tops. It was like between two and three hours getting my new computer up and running. And it was just like, by the time I was done, like that's pretty much all I need. I've had it at like, install a couple of apps here and there as needed but like no really wasn't um major major props to crash plan actually because i was able to restore a whole bunch of uh the stuff on my old computer but i didn't want to do like a straight up restore because i didn't want to do i wanted like a fresh install of a lot of stuff so i only like but i was able to copy over important files like my vimrc and my NPMRC and a couple of other things that I just, I didn't want to have to 
remember, like I didn't want to have to do it from scratch. I didn't want to have to remember to do it or whatever. So, so you just went into crash plan or you installed it on your new machine and then downloaded mm -hmm. a select few files to bring down. Exactly. Nice. Exactly. Yeah. So that was, that was pretty nice. That was really, really nice. Um, so yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Well, Yay! good for you. Yeah. And yeah, here's our Excellent. humble review of, of the new MacBook Pro. Excellent. Uh, oh, this was an interesting <laughs> little thing. Um, Consumer Reports, which is, uh, at least in the U.S., is a pretty lauded resource for, like, what what dishwasher should I buy? What uh, refrigerator should I buy? Which car should I buy? So Consumer yeah, Reports anything, is, like, yeah. almost anything. It's a group of people who review all sorts of things, and then they basically give you recommendations. Like, these are the top in their class of whatever. And this is the first year ever that the MacBook Pro was not recommended by Consumer Reports. Oh, wow. And the reason for it is because the battery life varies from computer to computer. Like, like it's just, it's, it's a crapshoot. You have no idea if it's going to be a three and a half hour battery or if it's going to be a 12 hour battery. On the same and model? On the same model. Oh, no. And, um, and so like, and and I can confirm that when I got it, like, uh, you know how you can set on the battery, uh, like in, in the top bar, there's a little battery and, and you can say, you know, show me the percentage or show me how much time is left on the battery. Mm -hmm. And I would have a fully charged, the, the computer would be completely fully charged for, and it would say three and a half hours left. And I was like, what? How are there only three and a half hours left of battery on this thing? Like, this is brand new. My my old MacBook Pro, which was three years old, um, it lasted like it was going eight hours, and then by the end, it was only going like four. But I under I expect that after like you know several years of right. pretty hard use. But I was like three and a half hours, um, and then I downloaded an update to uh, Mac OS, and it got rid of the the time left. So now it only shows your what? percentage. You can't display it anymore? <laughs> you can't display it anymore. Sneaky. And I know, it was super sneaky. And and from what I can tell without the percentage, like without seeing the number, it's still not the greatest pa uh, battery power, battery life. It's like maybe four hours, maybe five. Wow. Um, <clears throat> Which so even if you turn age, the turn the brightness down pretty drastically. Oh, or, I didn't even try that. But yeah, that's like the like, biggest the biggest uh, battery hog. Yeah. Is that yeah. So. No, totally. Yeah. Totally. So. But yeah. Hmm. That was funny. Okay, that's it's <laughs> interesting that they have such variance in the between the same type of system. That sucks. Mm -hmm. Battery mm -hmm. quality problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Anyway. Interesting. Anyway. What's new with you? Well, um, I've got a few things. So I'm not not as not really a big car nut, but I do enjoy following what Tesla does, just because mm -hmm. it's such a I don't know. To me, that's interesting. There's so much stuff with, um, you know, I said this before, computer vision and other automation things and just sensors. Um, mm -hmm. And what was just published um, recently is um, a Tesla. I think it was a Model X in uh, in the Netherlands that had the newest um, radar detection system 
uh, downloaded, which, by the way, goes over the air, which is nuts to me. <laughs> they do <laughs> software updates over the air. Mm-hmm. And um, so this guy had this dashboard cam on. He's driving on the Autobahn in the Netherlands, and his um, collision warning comes on, and he doesn't even see why. So the the car detected that two cars ahead of him, there was a, a collision about to take place. So the warning comes on before the driver of the Tesla sees it and before the car in front of him reacts to it, which to me is just nuts. So so the way this supposedly works is that they can bounce radar underneath the cars in front of you to figure out what's going on way ahead. And, um, any, you know, that's, that's just how, how that even works as far as, you know, figuring out trajectories of cars and detecting that they're going to collide and reacting to that is just amazing to me. So that is because I've done a little bit of just computer vision and the, the, the math there and the, and the algorithms is just nuts. And to do that in real time in 3d it's just like what <laughs> you know <Yeah>. <laughs> so very oh i'm goodness. very impressed with that so there's a video um about or of this whole incident and um you know we were talking about U- uber doing its thing and and i know there's mm-hmm. been accidents and stuff because people rely too much on on these auto autopilot features um mm-hmm. you know they're still not foolproof but it's extremely impressive um yeah of what they are able to do and i had no idea that it was at this stage that you could that they were able to do this kind of stuff i don't know if this was just a fluke or i mean i guess this is what they're you know trying to to solve and accomplish right yeah i mean amazing that's amazing i'm so it's funny you should mention tesla um there is a uh a tesla um tesla service center here in Charlotte, um, North Carolina has banned Tesla from selling its cars in North Carolina what? because um, wow, because Tesla doesn't do the standard. Uh, so, like, when I don't know how it works in other countries, but at least in the U.S., generally you go to an auto dealership and then they'll have you know certain cars available for you to test drive and then if you buy a car then the person who's selling the car to you gets a um a commission based on how much the car was sold for and blah 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 blah, blah. um and if you like so like it's the dealership gets money off of the cars that they sell etc but tesla's whole model is not like they don't want to work with any dealerships they want to do it 100 percent just tesla so like you go to the tesla uh like you go to the tesla place it's not owned by anybody except tesla so it's not like you know um i don't know scooby-doo's ford (laughs) uh center or like you know whatever um where you know scooby-doo is the the owner and operator of this uh dealership um instead it's just a tesla dealership and you go in and you buy a tesla and i'm not even sure that the salespeople make any commission i I don't actually know um but anyway so in north carolina you like the the dealerships all grouped together and they convinced north carolina lawmakers to um to basically say that Tesla, like Tesla's model is illegal in North Carolina 
or something. Wow. So that is amazing. That so, is utterly so, amazing. <laughs> it is pretty impressive. Um, but anyway, they still have a service center, right? Because they want people to still own Teslas, and you can you can buy a Tesla in South Carolina, which is <laughs> like at least in Charlotte, it's literally half an hour away. Um, like you just cross the border anyway. Um, so you can buy it there, and then you can drive it around North Carolina, and uh, <laughs> and so like they have a service center. So in case there's something wrong with your Tesla or whatever, you know, blah blah blah. Um, so my husband and I were like on a lark. We're like, you know what? We see Teslas in, in in the Bay Area all the time, but there are there are not actually any service centers that we know of that we can just walk into. Um, maybe we can go into this one and you know do a test drive. And sure enough, like it was easier for us to get a test drive here in Charlotte than it was um, elsewhere. And so that's happening on Friday. So I'm, I haven't actually done it yet, but I did get to like walk around all that stuff, and it's so funny because the Normally, when you walk into a dealership and you're talking to, to like somebody there, there'll be like a sales representative. Um, but here in Charlotte, uh, I kid you not, the the person's job title was uh, owner advisor. <laughs> so like, his job is to advise owners, oh not to sell goodness. them anything, just to <laughs> give them uh, information as they need it or, or to help them, you know, get their car serviced or whatever. So uh, I thought well, that's creative. Really, yeah. Yeah. Oh no. It's super creative. It's super creative. Um, so it's, it's an, it's a creative way of going, uh, you know, taking advantage of loopholes. Um, but speaking of loopholes and my favorite loophole infested story of the last several weeks, um, Uber, <laughs> Uber and their self-driving car. Uh, the saga continues. Um, I believe last week I mentioned that uh, California DMV basically told Uber they had to stop with the the self-driving cars that it wasn't okay, um, and Uber decided to ignore it. They were like, "It's fine. Oh, wow. It's totally fine. It's not a big deal. Who cares?" Just because they say we're not supposed to, it's more of a suggestion, right? Um, but like reports keep coming in that like these cars are running red lights and all sorts of other not so good things, and uh, and so the California DMV has pulled the registration of every single self-driving car in the uh, Uber fleet, and so uh, it is literally illegal <laughs> for anybody to get into any of those cars at this point. Um, and so it is, it is just the greatest like popcorn eating while watching showdown <laughs> I that say, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm enjoying every second of it. Like, okay, Uber, oh what now? <laughs> A comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I've, I've mentioned before, like, like the stuff with, with Tesla, the, the technology that they're doing, I think they're doing it right. I think mm -hmm. they're showing you all of the little things that it can do and how it works before putting it out on the roads. And what that tells me is that they're taking this seriously. This isn't just some like really cool idea. Uh, hey, wouldn't it be great if, uh, you know, our car can drive us for us. Um, but they're actually saying, okay, this is a really hard problem. So here are all the little things that we're putting together so that to try to at least help you feel better about all this. I'm still not sure that if I were ever to get a Tesla, I'd turn on autopilot, but, um, I at least have a little bit more confidence in the Tesla 
setup than in Uber's like, no, 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 trust us. It's totally cool. Yeah. That, that's a pretty, uh, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't, uh, make me very confident about Uber's decision-making ability. Mm -hmm. I mean, to just do that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm very, very curious to hear about your, uh, test driving experience. Yeah. So with I'll owner, tell everybody next week. Advisor. <laughs> <laughs> with the owner advisor. I'm super excited. <laughs> I'll never be able to afford one, but, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's a dream of mine that probably won't, will never come true either. So. <laughs> Look, we just, we just need to start making some money off of this podcast. Yeah. I mean, how hard can that be? Rake in the millions. <clears throat> Subscribe yeah. now for only $275,000 a month. <laughs> it'll be fine. Yeah. I don't uh, it'll be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So the only sort of programming related sort of thing I have, I'm at work. I'm, I'm pretty much trying to get um, this, this uh, big project out the door. That I think I've talked about, but it's this warehouse management system that integrates a whole bunch of stuff. And we're sort of doing certain in final stages of testing and uh, setting up our own little fake warehouse in our office with barcodes and stuff so we can scan boxes and test it all out <laughs> before it goes live. So there's not really much new going on for me, and I'm not, you know, encountering new stuff. But um, what I did see here and it probably will affect quite a few people is that there is a severe um, security problem in PHP Mailer. And um, that is actually a, a uh, piece of PHP code that is used by a lot of um, applications such as mm -hmm. WordPress, Drupal, uh, OneCRM and SugarCRM, and then a whole bunch of others like Joomla, etc. And um, what I guess has happened, they don't have the details yet, they have patched it already. Um, but it lets you basically execute any kind of code on your site or, you know, some person execute that. So they highly urge people to upgrade. Um, that seems pretty that important seems... to do. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> other than that, um, let's see. Sad fact or sad story is Carrie Fisher, uh, Princess Leia died. That's, no. that kind of sucks. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the calendar and I'm like, all right, come on. There are three days left to the year. Yeah. Can we please make it <laughs> without any, any, any long, any more tragedy? Yeah. Uh, but uh, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? That's rough. So uh, what else? Oh, I think um, in, in very joyous news, though, NPM, you kind of announced something there last time I heard on the mm -hmm. podcast I wasn't part of. Something yeah. happened sort of over the weekend. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Or very cool. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we have, we have <laughs> not that we didn't hear them before, but um, we finally, finally managed to revamp our search. Yay! Um, yay! <laughs> Search has been terrible uh, for pretty much ever, um, at least the last three years. And, um, and so it's finally gotten better. And uh, what we did was we partnered with the amazing team at npms.io, um, which a lot of people have been using oh, their search uh, already. And um, what's really funny is that we actually, we added that integration, oh, 
probably a month or two ago. But what really changed is we changed the the look and feel of of the search page so that you can actually, you know, it it feels different. Um, it's using React. Um, it's actually using Next.js. We we uh, created an, a, a search endpoint in a different as a different service, and then integrated that with the website. And um, so it's really fast. It's um, it's smooth, and and it, it just makes more sense. And you can actually um, you can kind of rate the the quality of of the search. So you can like focus it on. Um, how well, uh, like how well maintained a package is, or um, how popular it is, and, and things like that. So you can you can kind of focus your search a little bit more. Um, it's not those aren't the greatest uh, filters necessarily, but it's a it's a good step in the right direction. So we'll be adding more filters as we go along. We'll be making it a lot easier for you to just kind of say like only show me packages that do this or that, or give it to me, you know, whatever. Like, like we'll be adding more filtering options. Um, and uh, some people have noticed that scoped packages don't exactly show up the way that they expect. And so we'll be working on that. Um, so anyway, the point is, um, thanks to, to npms.io and uh, our, our excitement in trying out and playing with Next.js and React, uh, we finally got this thing out the door and and now everybody can have fun playing with it. Um, Excellent. Yeah. So and, are you actually was, using could, their existing service or did you have them help you guys port something or how, how does that work? No, or we're using, we're using their, their service um, and it's ah, totally okay. open source. So what's great is if you don't really like the way that it's working, um, at least for the search results bit, uh, npms.io is open source. So you can you can totally go in and and um, you know put in pull requests and things like that. And we have and we're we're planning on open sourcing our search endpoint. Um, so like the Next.js app as well. Uh, but that's going to take us a little bit more time because uh, basically what happened was um, our our marketing. Uh, our, our marketing, our, our head of marketing had this amazing idea like two and a half weeks ago and was like, you know what? We should give search as a present to all of our users for Christmas. <laughs> and we were like, that's a great idea. And he's like, yes, yes, let's do this. And, and so um, it was mad rush. <laughs> a, a, a mad rush. And so it is not the prettiest code we've ever seen. Um, and it's not the cleanest and it's not necessarily the most uh, uh, secret free at the moment. So oh. <laughs> we're going to clean that up. <laughs> okay, we're that's clean important. That up and, then, and then put it out to everybody so you can see how it all works and, um, and you can you know, put in pull requests and all that good stuff. Yeah, because so. I was gonna say we've we've all seen that type of code, but if it has secret stuff in, then yeah, no, it's the secret stuff that we need to we need to hold off on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so so expect that in the next probably month or so. Um, awesome. Just because again, we're a super tiny team, uh, yeah. and and we have a lot of work to do. Um, so yeah, we're really we're really excited. Um, of course, more stuff is coming down the pipe. Uh, there will be more fun presence in store in 2017 so nice uh, have you had any what's sort of the feedback that that you've gotten or have you gotten uh, any 
I don't know um, how you would, but maybe on the Twitters or something. Yeah, no, we we actually have a channel in our in our Slack, uh, in our company Slack called uh, Search Joy, in which uh, <laughs> we basically just pipe all of the the feedback that we've gotten, and it's mostly people who are like, "Oh my God, you answered my prayers," <laughs> and uh, um, oh, yeah. thank goodness that was terrible before, um, yeah. and you know, yay, and. Christmas is here. Yay. Um, you know, and, and so, so people have been really excited about it. Um, mm-hmm. There are a couple of people who, I mean, there's always a couple of yeah. haters, but I think as far as I can tell, there were three haters and uh, uh-huh. about 300 happy people. So good ratio. I'm just going to go ahead and like, you know, extrapolate to the, you know, yeah. general population at large. And uh, if it's, you know, three haters for every 300 i'm, I'm okay with that one yeah. <laughs> percent not being I, happy I agree, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's an interesting so. decision though to partner uh with with the uh, npms io mm-hmm. i find yeah how does something yeah. like that come come to be um, um did they reach out to you or you to them or how does that work um so what we did so okay we've known forever that our search was terrible um and uh, it it's been on our list of things that we've wanted to fix, but we had so many higher priorities. Again, reminder, tiny, tiny team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it kept getting pushed back. It kept getting pushed back in, on the priority list. And um, and so we had a bunch of people who came in um, and, uh, and, and they said, you know, well, you know, I hate, I hate NPM search. It's so terrible. I'm going to use this instead. And we're like, Ooh, what alternatives are there? Like we will absolutely con- like, like just curious, right? Because like, we want to know what our users are doing. We want to know what makes them happy. And even though we don't have time to, to fix things, we want to know like, what's the, what's kind of the, 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 you know, base level of things um, out, out there already. And so there are, bunch of different npm related search uh search sites out there and and a lot of them are i mean most of them are better than npm's old search like most mm-hmm. of them easily but npms.io was the first one that we saw that we went wow not only is that is that fast and clean looking but it's also just it's really on point um the fact that you can do a search for web framework and it brings up express at the top. Um, uh, I, we were really impressed with that. Like, like they've really thought about how this should work. And um, so a lot of people just kind of told us throughout the community, like npms.io is really good. It's really, really good. So we started a conversation with them and we were like, Hey, like, and we also noticed that it was open source and we were like, well, we could just fork it and then blah, blah, blah. But we were like, you know what? We don't even have time to do that. <laughs> we yeah. don't even have time to fork. So um, so we worked directly with them. And we were like, hey, like, can we partner on this? And they were so excited to partner with us. And um, so, uh, and, and it turns out the, the, two, the two folks behind NPMS.io, they're both named Andre. So Andre and Andre, <laughs> uh, they have a consultancy. And they were like, if you just kind of tell people that we're available for hire and we're like, uh, yeah, <laughs> that sounds great. That's a nice. pretty easy way to do it. Um, 
So, so yeah, so Andre and Andre are available for hire, uh, and you should totally hire them because they're really smart, at least, at least from what I've seen, um, and, and their, their search product. So that's awesome. Um, I love that yeah. story. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it was, it was a very desperate, visible need from the community that someone stepped up and said, here, we've got a really good solution for this. And we went, you know what, we don't even have the time to figure this out on our own. And mm-hmm. yours is better than anything we're going to come up with right now. So yeah, yeah let's do this. Very cool. <clears throat> so yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so yay, Merry yes. Christmas. And even for those of you who celebrate Christmas, yay, end of your presents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what so, else is yeah. happening? Um um so i've been uh go ahead yeah go well i have this it's another sort of a downer kind of thing but uh, oh it's uh remember we i think we even talked about this this has to do with social media and how how news is spread Mm. and how they had this sit-in at the uh in the u.s government basically the democrats took over the floor and basically live streamed it with various services to try to get attention um for a certain subject, I believe it was gun violence at the time. And mm-hmm. now the GOP is trying to propose something that would make it, uh, I guess, illegal to do that. And it would be, mm-hmm. um, y- you would face a $500 fine if you did that the first time. And then it can go up to $2,500. And that would be deducted from your paycheck. And it's like, this is so ridiculous. I mean, this is the U.S. government trying to censor things. It just it seems so sad to me. It's like, come on. That is really sad. <laughs> it is like... really, really sad. I think we're seeing... Uh, U.S. politics is seeing an incredible regression yeah. in terms of, of uh, human rights and, and just... Uh, I mean, because the thing is, no one's ever explicitly said that it is your human right to post things on social media. Not explicitly, right? Right. But at the same time, like, what's so bad about, like, like the, it's the same as, I would argue, that shutting down social media, like, especially video live streaming from within, uh, you know, uh, a Congress session, a congressional session, is akin to closing the the doors and saying uh no 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 uh you people of the public cannot watch us yeah. do the job that you have hired us the job to do. of the people yeah yes no, no, no less <laughs> so <laughs> i'm the people's work yeah yeah it's crazy. and my biggest concern actually with this is that a lot of people are going to look at it and go and eh, it's not that big a deal whatever okay, fine, you don't want us to do a stupid social media thing. But it sets up a precedent that says, no, 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 we don't want you paying attention to all the work that we're doing behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. No, 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 you shouldn't be participating in this. And it's like, wait, but it's actually my job to participate in this. That's kind of the whole point of a representative government. Mm-hmm. I should be able to see what it is that you do every day exactly. and cer- certainly there there are certain in- instances in which you know they're talking about you know something really uh, uh of national security but that's when you're in like committees um and we could also argue that even that shouldn't be behind closed doors but 
you know, yeah. if, if you're, if you're about to, you know, throw a really big birthday party for the prime minister of, you know, like some really <laughs> awesome country, then yeah, you don't really want to spoil that on C-SPAN. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. of course our government officials are actually planning happy things behind closed doors. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely looking forward to, uh, to 2017 from a political standpoint. It's going to uh, be, it's going to be fascinating and terrifying at the same time. Yep. I think the only thing I'll be able to watch is, uh, Comedy Central and maybe, uh, yeah, those, those things of that nature. <laughs> yeah. Bearable. No, um, totally. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Otherwise, we had we had very many positive things to talk about, I think. So, uh, yeah. don't pay too much attention to this. Uh, <laughs> but that's about uh, all I have and um let's cool. see. Did anybody yeah. How about you? Sorry. Um, oh no. Um so I've been writing a lot of documentation lately or mm. so like just a lot of a lot of writing. Um I'm I'm now in charge of, uh, so I'm, I'm now an engineering manager of multiple teams, um, at NPM. And what that means is I have not only more people under me, but I have a lot more technology, uh, that I need to like, at least understand on a high enough level that when people are telling me what they're working on, I can, you know, piece together what it is that they're doing. Um, just for, to make sure people aren't stepping on each other's toes and all that good stuff. And, um, so I'm I'm working through all of the different services that we have uh, in in our in our cloud uh, at NPM, and oh my goodness, there are a lot of them. Um, and in order for me to parse through it all, I I learn best by writing. Some people learn best by listening. Other people learn best by like watching. I learn best by writing. So I've been trying to write all this documentation down and, and, and hoping that in the process of my learning, I can just kind of put this stuff down so that people who learn by reading can just kind of read it and be on at the same point that I am, hopefully. Um, all right. So this is not just for you as an exercise. This is actual documentation that you're going to publish yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. At least internally. Well, that, yeah. Um, but it's, and, yeah, uh, it's, it's for more than just you, I meant. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah exactly. Um, and so, like, but, like, writing documentation is at least, so, one, it's a pain in the butt because <laughs> I don't like having to write all the time. Um, and, and B, it's one of those things that, like, really, if you're going to be writing documentation, it should probably be in Markdown. Like, it, it, especially if your company is GitHub-based, mm-hmm. um, like mine is, then, you know, having it in Markdown makes it a lot easier for people to just kind of stay within the GitHub universe and get everything they need all in one spot. And so I've been playing with a whole bunch of different Markdown parsers and Markdown editors and it is there's a lot there are a lot out there <laughs> and most of the ones that i'm used to have been either you write the markdown and hope that you remember all of the little shortcuts um and then you publish it and then you see where you went wrong uh that was like the first the, the days of the very beginning 
Um, yep. And then, and then there were the the editors where you would have kind of the markdown, uh, raw markdown on the left, and then the um, compiled markdown on the right. So like you could type and watch your your you know writing transform in real time. So you could at least see how things are going. You can edit you know, before publishing. Um, and that was okay too, but then it felt really weird because you're having two different, uh, like two copies of the same text at the same time. And you're like, well, and so I would, what I would start doing is I would type on the left, but read to the right. And, but I didn't see a cursor. So then I have to look back <laughs> to the left and it, it was just this, like, it was really two brained. Um, well, and also if that tool didn't render the same way as your target environment, which might yeah. be GitHub, then everything's weird again. So that, that whole thing about pushing to GitHub, then looking at it doesn't necessarily completely go away. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so one thing I really appreciate, uh, so I found this, this, uh, new, there's a, there's a, at least right now. So for a while I, I, I used Atom. Mm -hmm. Uh, as my markdown renderer uh, or editor, which was okay. But again, it was still the, the two-brained mm -hmm. uh, left versus right. Um, and I've recently learned about an app called Typora, which is actually really nice. It's a markdown editor and renderer all in one page. So you basically do the markdown and, and like, and then, so like, for example, for a heading, I do like uh, hash, space, write the title, whatever, and then enter, and it immediately transforms it so that it just looks the way that you expect it to look. And so the formatting happens in, in line, basically. So what if you want to go back and change it, if you want to do two hashes? Right. So if you want to do that, you basically go, like you click on the word that would have been changed or like that, that section, mm -hmm. and, and the hash shows back up. Oh, so it'll, okay. it'll like, like, It'll go between raw and compiled in real time, and oh. so it's 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 much more of a seamless feel as you're going through. Mm -hmm. um, and I really really like it. Um, it also has a couple of neat modes. So there's like a focus mode where it'll kind of gray out everything except for the paragraph that you're working on. So you can kind of like really just focus on the one specific thing that you're working on. Um, it, uh, it also has a source code mode. So if you wanted to just focus on just the raw stuff, you can. And you can just, you know, just do that straight up without having it auto-formatted uh, or whatever. Um, but but it's, it's just, it's really nice. I no longer have the two brain feel. It's all a single, it's one brain, <laughs> uh, one view. And it, it just turns on and off, or like it, it does it all in line. So do you have to just, highlight that? Let's if we stick with that heading. Do you have to highlight mm -hmm. the word, or is it enough if you just put the cursor on the line of the heading that it it's switches an, back? It's enough to just put the cursor oh, on nice. the line with the heading. Okay, right? so it's totally, so like, yeah, it's totally yeah. as it flows naturally. I guess is if you move your cursor up. Oh, nice. Yeah. And and what? Um, so is this a native app or for 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 the Mac um, only, or is it's, it? You know what? I don't know. I know it's definitely. Um, it's, let's see, it's definitely for Mac. Um, okay. it may also, let's see, no, I think it might, 
Uh, oh no, there, there's a there's a beta for OS X, and then there's Windows and Linux as well. Oh, nice. So, okay. yeah. And is it just um, like a normal text editor? Like, does it do Vim? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think it just does regular okay. stuff. It has it has some themes at least. If mm-hmm. you want that. Um, my guess is that it's actually an Electron app. Yeah. Okay. That makes because sense. Because it works so, it, I mean, it just, it looks really beautiful. It feels like, it feels like somebody's playing with React on here and mm-hmm. it's just, you know, really, really quick. Nice. Um, yeah, I know this so. is a silly thing to always ask if it does Vim or whatever, but it's like, I can't, I can't barely type normal stuff like reasonably mm-hmm. anymore it's just just the navigation typing of course is not a problem but just navigating and jumping around mm-hmm. it's like ugh, i have to do that but anyway yeah no but yeah and then another thing that it, that i like is that if you don't remember what the special thing like what the special markdown code is like um you know it's two asterisks uh, around uh, on each side in order to make it bold, but only one asterisk for making it italic. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can do underscores for italic. Um, if you forget, you can just do, you know, command I for italic or command uh, B for bold. So like, so it's, it's kind of nice because you can just yeah. like normal cool. stuff. And then, um, so it's, it's, it's pretty simple, but um, mm-hmm. I was playing with simple note before and that's, useful for kind of having a seamless experience of text editing across uh multiple devices but like i couldn't do bullet points and i couldn't do bold and that was really bugging me and i was like i don't like this um so yeah so since you have so many different things that you're writing about how are you organizing this is it just single files that you're gonna yeah put up on at the GitHub? moment okay. yeah, yeah yeah at the moment it's just a bunch of single files and mm-hmm. architecture diagrams and all sorts of other things because okay. i need i need arrows and boxes and and words <laughs> right because no, i've been there and then it started you know ballooning and it's oh mm-hmm. wouldn't it be nice if there was like an an index and you know a yeah. table of content and, <laughs> yeah. and links and oh why don't we just put it on the web and navigate around you know so <laughs> I came up and I did some scripting with Pandoc so I, I wrote everything the way I guess you're doing I, I wrote various chapters in in Markdown and then I wrote a simple script to basically compile it into HTML using Pandoc <clears throat> actually mm-hmm. turned out into yeah HTML so you could uh just put it in a folder and serve it up, I guess. So, mm-hmm. yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, a, it's a difficult task because it's also you have to figure out where to draw the line, right? Because mm-hmm. um, how much do you expect the person reading this to know? Um, how deep, you know, into detail do you go? Yeah, and et cetera, et cetera. So it's uh, a lot of considerations writing documentation. It's not... It's not just uh, yeah. Let's write some words. So. Yeah, no, it's it's so true, so 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 true. I right now I'm just writing it for me, mm-hmm. and um, with the so like I try to think about it as if someone were to replace me, because obviously I've moved on or like I've moved up or moved elsewhere mm-hmm. uh, voluntarily, of course. Um, <laughs> but but still, like you know, at some point, like it's I think it's really. Uh, 
I don't think it's a smart idea to make sure that you're the only person who knows how everything yep, works. Absolutely. Um, and so I'm, I'm writing this for me or someone like me, which is I just need to know the highest level of information with just enough detail that I can understand how all of these pieces fit together without going into the actual code itself. Like, yep. um, but I want to make, make it so that if people want to know where to go for the code, they know what to look for. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a, it's a good kind of introductory thing. It's the, it's the summary. It's the executive summary cheat sheet for here's how this works. <laughs> That's awesome. No, and to the, to uh, yeah. the point that you mentioned about, you know, being the only one that knows how this works, that's always, mm -hmm. I, f I feel like, at least a bad idea. Either people mm -hmm. are going to hate you when you move on. Yeah. But, you know, on, on the other hand, it, it actually will help you, too, because mm -hmm. you can now focus on different things. You don't have to explain stuff to people, right? Exactly. So I think it's exactly. all around a good a good practice is cool. to leave leave things better than you found them. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Yep. Indeed. And on that note, I guess it's time for us to start wrapping up. Yeah. Um <clears throat> do we uh do we have any new reviews? I do not see new reviews. I'm fetching yeah. and no, nothing new. And I don't think we have any new folks in our channel. Um but uh, but that's okay. I know uh, it's it's been it's been a little while. Uh, but it's also the holidays, and so yeah. hopefully everybody has um, is is making a New Year's resolution to tell all of their friends about uh, <laughs> about the reactive podcast. Now there's a good um, idea. And spread um, the joy. <laughs> spread the joy. And. Uh, the next time we chat will be after after the end of 2016. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my next goodness. Next week is next year. I know. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It is. Uh, I, mean, I should we should run a, a poll or or you know start a betting pool for how long it'll take before we um uh before we we remember, or uh, how long will it take before we actually remember that it's 2017 and remember to write that in the dates every time yep. you write it down? Yep. <laughs> That's always a fun thing, the first few weeks or months, depending. <laughs> uh, I've, I've gone until like April. Oh, wow. <laughs> before. I'm just like, muscle yeah, it, it memory, muscle, muscle memory. memory. Exactly. That's yeah. so weird. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so, anyway. All right. um, well, well, happy new year. Yes, and, um, happy, happy advanced new year. I think this will come indeed. out before the end of the year. So I hope so, yeah. yeah. Um, All right. But, yeah. All right, well, um, come join us on our Slack channel. Tell us about the cool, fun things that you're working on and discovering. Um, and, you know, chat with us about all sorts of fun things. Um, you can access our Slack channel via the show notes, which are located at reactive.audio. Yep, and this is episode 58, so it'll be slash 58. And uh, you also have information there on how to leave us a review, which always makes us very happy and, uh, of course, helps other people to find the podcast. So we appreciate that greatly. I'm H. Glattergotts on Twitter, and I'll talk to you next week. And I'm Rockbot on Twitter, and you can reach Khalil, our esteemed third host, uh, at Khalil Tweets. And you can reach all of us uh, on Twitter at uh, at ReactivePod. So, right. happy New Year! Yeah, don't get eaten by year. a <laughs> don't get eaten by a panther. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and goodness gracious, don't get into a self-driving car. Just, just don't. <laughs> Wait until 2017 for that. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye. All right. Bye. <laughs>